You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Bob Papa, Carl Banks for another edition of Believe in Giants. As the Giants are coming off a brutal Monday night football loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in what was a really cool atmosphere, a really loud stadium. Tough conditions for the Giants. You and I were there. I was shivering on the sideline before the game. Not used to the cold weather yet. Got the same weather when we got back here to Jersey. But the Giants, Carl, were right there, step for step with the Chiefs. And, man, this team is infuriating with how they are just gift-wrapping opportunities to win away. Yeah. So, Bob, it's it's – Beyond infuriating because, you know, if you look at this game, and I always go back to the um, the movie Mission Impossible, the TV series, and then the movie, it always starts with your mission if you choose to accept, right? And for them, the Giants, their mission, if they chose to accept it, was to go into Arrowhead Stadium and win a football game because everybody thought it was mission impossible. So what they did, they came out with a phenomenal defensive plan, right? So they're sticking to the mission there. They had a plan in place defensively. I think offensively, they knew what they were not. They knew they were going they were not going to score a ton of points just given the personnel groupings they had. But they knew that there would be some opportunities there. And for the most part, they stuck to the mission, right? Um, they played the game on their terms. The last podcast we had talking about previewing this game, I said the one thing that the Giants would have to do is become a team that's hard to beat, meaning they could not do the self-inflicting shit that cost them football games. Because the plan was there. The mission, should they choose to accept it, was there. And then it evolved into something that's familiar to Giants fans crucial mistakes at crucial times. But before I even get into that, let's talk about what they did do. Defensively, they knew that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, they did not subscribe to the theory of death by paper cut. And what the Giants forced them to do is try to kill them with paper cuts. You know, they would give up the 10-yarder, they would give up a 12-yarder, but Hill could not get behind their defense. No, if you and, if you hold if you hold Tyreek Hill to 12 catches on 18 targets and he has a total of 94 yards, that's what you want. That's right. And the thing about it is because they're such an impatient offense, they can't sustain 
18 play drives and come away with a field goal or no points, it drives them nuts. And so they don't do the death by paper cut thing. In the death by paper cut, when you got a lot of band-aids, you can survive. And that's what the Giants did. They drove the ball down on the Giants, interception in the end zone, right? Um, the mission, should they choose to accept it, was to play that way, to disrupt Kelsey. Kelsey had, what, three catches on the night? He had four for 27 and a fumble, no touchdowns. Four. He was a non-factor yeah. for the most part. Not a factor. So they disrupted him. They were sticking to the mission. And so the things that drove me nuts is, and I'm going to hit this one first, and this is not personal, but it's my observation. When you have a team that couldn't stop anybody in seven games, on third, uh, couldn't stop anybody on third downs in seven games, what were they on? Where were they ranked? They were ranked 30th on third 30th, down defense. Right? 30th on third downs. And how does your offense look so constipated on third downs? Four for 12. And, and, and there, were, there weren't even like a lot of third and forevers like we normally see from the Giants. Right. There were manageable third downs, a lot of them. Right. And yet the Giants converted, what, one third down on the game, two third downs on no, the game? No, they were four of 12. Four of 12. Well, that's 33%. They're giving them up at 48%. Right. So here's my thing. If you're a play caller, there's got to be something that everybody else is doing that you can do and have the same success. If it ain't broke, don't break it. Like, just stick to everything else. The play on the, 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 the John Ross play, the 49-yard pass, that was something that they saw on film that everybody was getting based on the defense. Right. So but when you get into this, I'm going to just say we spent I spent 30 minutes with Giants head coach Joe Judge on Friday, taping the radio pregame show and then having a chance to visit with him. And and this isn't revisionist. This is what he said. We got to muck the game up and you were you weren't even in the room. He said, we got to play this game a little bit like Super Bowl 25, the way Bell, we got to smash him on crossers. We've got to uh, be physical at the line of scrimmage. So they accepted that mission over 60 minutes. And then you and I spent a good 45 minutes with head coach Joe Judge today. I'll let you get back to the point on the uh, third and 11 conversion to John Ross that kind of sparked the team after the awful Daniel Jones interception on the second possession. Yeah, so they finally find their groove, right? They get some plays, and now they're moving the ball. And they're doing it on their terms again, even if it's, you know, two, three yards on a running play, it keeps the, the offense on track. Now, we know that this offensive line can't do certain things, just given the personnel, right? So yeah. they've got to stay in rhythm. That's a they've whole nother show. Stay, yeah, they got to stay on schedule. So given the personnel they had and guys going in and out of the game with injuries, they were on mission. They were on plan they were on assignment right so they got the game right where they wanted and and kansas city couldn't get anything that they 
were trying to do. They were trying to get behind the Giants' defense. Kelsey, not a factor. Hill, yes, he factored, but not like Hill does. Like, if you've got 12 catches for 94 yards, those 12 catches in a normal Hill game is 150 or 200 yards receiving, right? So the Giants were doing it. Um, James Bradbury played one of the best games I've seen him play as a Giant. I mean, he was all over the place. He had Kelsey sometimes shut him out. Julian Love roughed him up. Everybody did their job. So you're saying, and, and I'm, I'm saying in the booth, this is a game that the Giants can win and they will shock the world. And then the Giants showed up. The losing Giants showed up. So you're going into the half, right? You have a chance to get maybe a field goal on the board, but they have penalty, penalty, dead drive on third down, and they have to punt. And I'm saying, why can't you, for, for all of what you've done so far, with the crowd with, was not a factor. Yeah, so with, 20, with, with, with 21 seconds to go, in the first half. Now the Giants were out of timeouts, but they had first and 10 at their own 45 yard line. So as judge, as head coach, Joe judge told us today, look, if we get the ball to the 40, we like our chances with Gano. So they had to get 15 yards in 21 seconds for us to have a crack at a field goal, maybe even, Hey, maybe we get a little bit closer, but we, we feel good where we are, despite the fact that we don't have timeouts, we're going to be able to make a play clock. And then will Hernandez false start. So think about this. So they need 15 yards. They lose 15 yards in penalties. So now they need 30 yards and they end up having to just kneel down and going to the locker room. So all of what they did to accomplish the mission impossible went to shit in the first half because they could send a message because they're getting the ball back in the second half, right? If so, they get if they tack on three there, go in down 14-13, you know, then you could feel the momentum of the game switching at this point. You never got the sense that Kansas City was ever in control of this game. They were they were trying whatever they could to just kind of get some magic, get some mojo, and try to create separation. The Giants' defense legislated against that. Mission. That's the mission. They did that. And then we fast forward into an opportunity for the Giants to end the game, right? They have a game-closing drive. It was a third and two. They hit Penny, and he goes 16 yards, Bob. And then he gets caught for fucking taunting. What are you – here's my point. And, 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 again, let me just say this with all due respect. What the fuck do you have to taunt? Right? You haven't accomplished anything. Your mission is to win the fucking game. Get that first down, hand the ball to the referee, and get, get some points on the board because that drive 
would have ended the game effectively for the Giants. That mission would have been accomplished. So you go and you taunt as a team that's won two games, right? Your mission, when you walk into Arrowhead Stadium, it was mission impossible, and here you are with it in your control. And you get called for a freaking taunting? How is How do you think that way? And this, again, these are not stupid football players, right? They just, they, they're just not thinking in the moment, right? You have a pass to Darius Slayton. He drops it. If he catches that pass, it's two yards short of the, the mark of the game. They're in a third and two instead of a third and 10. Know the moment. Know the mission. Catch the ball. Know the moment. This is this is a moment that changes your season. You've got to you've got to have a sense of of, of 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 game in game awareness. Know the moment that you're in. You have a moment to accomplish something. There's nothing more important than every possession. And when you give those possessions back your mission becomes more impossible. But I'm gonna go back to the penny play and how impactful that was. So they get 16 yards on yeah, that play. It, it's, it, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the down and I'll give, you the, I'll give you the full scenario here. So it's third and one with 7.28 to go. Penny makes the catch and run, stumbles ahead. Um, so you got first and 10 at your own 43 with seven and a half minutes to go in the game. Now, what I want to say here is you and I were in the building. You and I are there as calling the game. There was a shift and there was a sense of nervousness in that building. Because remember, on the previous drive, the Chiefs had drove it down the field. They hit, they didn't even have a third down on the drive. And then they had a third and 11 at the giant 28 Mahomes hits Hill over the middle for 13 on a third and nine Mahomes gets sacked by Leonard Williams fumbles it. And here's the crazy part about football, right? I mean, he fumbles it. If he, if it comes out to the left, his left where there's more giants, it squirts out to his right. And the only person there was the offensive lineman because the Giants almost forced a turnover, which would have prevented Kansas City from even kicking a game tying field goal. They wind up yeah. doing it. But knowing the Chiefs, knowing the fans, knowing their offense, that even though they tied the game, the feeling in the building was that was a loss. Yes. So the, that was a momentum play for the Giants, even though they gave up the game tying field goal. So pick it up right here now again with the, the penny play. First and 10 at the 43 with seven and a half to go. And we could feel it in the building. The Giants had kind of a little bit of the upper hand at this point. Yeah. And so Penny gets called for taunting. That's a 16-yard game. And I'll say it again. You've done nothing. At this point, you haven't closed out the game. So I say, shut the fuck up, give the ref the ball, take that freaking first down and drive and, and just end this game, right? But 
you lose 15 yards of that 16, and the Giants don't get another yard in that series. Not another single yard. Yeah, so I mean that, they they did they did get some because they got they 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 went back to the twenty eight. It was a net one yard, Bob. Yeah, but then they then on the then on the, Jones went uh, hit Johnson for four, Booker for two, pass for Slayton, incomplete holding. So the Giants had first and ten at their own thirty nine yard line. Two minutes later, Booker for three, and then so here's where it's it's important. Well, you're right, you're one hundred percent right. You know what? I corrected you incorrectly. I stand corrected. You're right. Instead of first and 10 at the 43, they now had second and seven at the 42. So you're right. In net yardage, they didn't get another yard. And then that's where Slayton's got to catch the ball. Even if he gets tackled on the spot, it's third and two, opens up the playbook, opens up a Jones run, opens up a play action pass, opens up a run. Instead, it's third and seven pressure incompletion to booker and now you're punting the football away from your own 42 when you had it first and 10 at the 43 so you're right they actually in that whole thing they wound up losing a yard and they lost three minutes of game time in all that correct so you got two pivotal pivotal plays that well, essentially, if you're you're basically going to end up running the clock and kicking a field goal or going in for a touchdown, they were in position to accomplish the mission. But then the Giants that we know show up in the in-game and situational awareness of the moment. You've got to have a heightened sense of execution in these situations. You can't allow yourself to think in a defeatist uh, mindset. You've got you got your pedal. You got the pedal to the metal. Now you just got to take it and finish the deal. All right. So that being said, to the Giants' credit, they continued to fight the entire rest of the game. But so I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. You punt the ball away. Uh, you get an incomplete pass to Kelsey. They get called for a hold. So Kansas City has first and 20 at their own 19-yard line. Incomplete pass. Good defense. It's second and 20. And you get the offside penalty. I mean... You get the offside penalty on O'Shane Ziminis. Now he says, hey, look, you know, that's on me. It can't happen. I know you want to be aggressive. You got your ears pinned back, the whole deal. But, you know, earlier in the game, there was an obvious offside against the Giants. Mahomes took a shot. No, he knew he had a free play. He took a shot. For anybody to say that, well, he saw the flag and he nodded. He saw the flag. Yeah, he saw the flag. He wasn't taking a shot. He was throwing the ball to Pringle, and Darnay Holmes made an incredible play. Mahomes thought he had an easy 10-yard pass play to Pringle. He didn't take a shot because he knew he had the flag, and if it gets picked, it doesn't matter. He thought he had a big gain right there, and Darnay Holmes makes a hell of a play, not because Mahomes had a free play. The earlier one was a free shot. The Aaron Rodgers, I see the flag. I'm taking a shot. 
I'm going to throw a risky pass. No, you on can't make those mistakes. Yeah, on that particular play, after, he threw, after the interception, he headed to the sideline. He knew that he had an interception. He didn't know that he had a free play there. But see, that's the thing. So the Giants continue to fight, right? They get a game-changing uh, interception only for the two and seven Giants to freaking show up. No, let's not slight them. They're only two and six. Well, two and seven now. No, two and six. Still two, two and six. six. How <laughs> it feels can like you seven. Understand the mission and finish it. You have an opportunity to accomplish something that no one thought you could, and you were playing this game on your terms. It was never going to be a pretty game because the Kansas City Chiefs are just talented. But when you get these opportunities and you're fighting like hell to, to win a football game and you got it right where you want it, and you let them off the hook with an offsides penalty. Now, the series before that, the offense penalized themselves. And then to complement that and play complementary football, you do the same thing on defense. That's not, we know that's not winning football, but this was the game that changes everything for this organization in terms of how they can, can prove to themselves that they can win football games and they can play and that they're a better team than what they've been given credit for. But unfortunately, they reverted back to the team that everybody thinks they are. And I can tell you, the way this defense played for two straight weeks is something to be said about that. Because when a team puts when a team puts the film on and they look at the Giants' defense, they're going to say, don't take these guys lightly. They're better than you think they are. But what they will do is make mistakes and you'll have a chance to get a big one on them. And that, in turn, is what happened. And then on the offensive side of football, you didn't have a lot of penalties. It's just when the penalties happen, yeah. right? The, 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 the moment you have to understand the situation that you're in. When you're in the moment, you cannot afford to have these penalties. The crowd wasn't a factor the whole game, but yet they got to you two straight plays in, in, in the first half and you screw yourself. Right? It's not the amount of penalties. It's when they occur. And you've got to have the situational awareness. And you've got to be aware of the moment and be able and equipped mentally to seize the moment. And that is, you know, that is the frustrating part about this. And I know the Giants fans are, are all over the place with their emotions. And you know what? God bless them because they. This was a game that will frustrate the hell out of you. This was one that would quiet the critics and say, "Hey, there's something to this." But instead, we're left with talking about, "Well, your coaches are no good. Your timeout management is no good." Which I'm still trying to understand the narrative, because everybody said he's wasting timeouts, but nobody said what could have happened had he not. Now, he needed to have that timeout 
when this offense got the ball back. That is for sure. The ones in the first half, when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and they're at the 25-yard line, you damn well better make sure you got the right defense call. So those timeouts, you can say they burned them. Well, number one, you couldn't take them into the half. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Norv Turner used to criticize me, um, the former head coach of the Chargers. I would talk to him down at the Super Bowl, and he would be a listener, my, listener to my Sirius XM NFL radio show. And even when he was the head coach still in the league, and he's like, you know, I listen to your show all the time because, you know, on the way in the line, he goes, yeah, I'm, uh, you guys, you always say burn timeouts. He goes, we don't burn timeouts. We take timeouts because we need to take a timeout. Either the play didn't get in. We don't have enough men on the field. We're not just casually taking timeouts. He goes, I can't right. stand when you announcers say, the timeout was burned. We're calling a time. He goes, now a timeout can be burned if you make a dumb challenge when it's not either, right. either the situation isn't right to challenge it. The view isn't right to challenge it. You're not going to gain that much from challenge and you lose a timeout. That's burning a timeout. He goes, coaches don't burn timeouts. They take timeouts only because we feel on the sideline, whatever's going on that none of you people on the outside know is happening. We got to call a timeout. And if we got 10 men on the field and Kelsey and Tyree Killer out there, and we're in the wrong defense based on their personnel, well, our offense stinks or not that good. We got to hold them to a field. We can't give up this play. Now, I will say this I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but the recurring theme is, Carl, that they are having to use timeouts for personnel reasons, getting guys on the field, getting off the field. Are they, uh, uh, you know, or the place coming in, it's taking too long. Are they using too many crayons and they need to leave some back in the box, which is your favorite term? Because those timeouts are precious, especially in the second half. Well, when you have personnel groupings that you practice, right? Mm -hmm. And they get guys out there and they can't get them lined up and that clock is ticking and you got a play that you want to run. You got to use that timeout. Yeah. Organizational sideline organization, in-game management, all that's relative. I give you that. But if you have an opportunity to avert a crisis, you damn well better use that timeout. Now, again, the second half is a whole nother story, right? Because I thought that the Giants should have saved the timeout for the quarterback in that last in that last drive. That one I could see. But the narrative of people saying the oh, coach is dumb because they're wasting time out. You're not wasting the timeout if the if the Kansas City Chiefs are at your 25, 30 yard line and you don't have the right personnel or enough personnel in. They're too good to give up a touchdown. So for them, that timeout was well spent to make sure you had the right personnel to give yourself the best chance to defend against those guys. Make sure they got the call. Make sure they're organized. If you want to burn timeouts, if that's the phrase you want to use, defensively, now coaches don't like defensive coaches calling timeouts. They don't like defensive timeouts. No, they call a lot like this, of them. Right. But in a game like this, and keep in mind, there's a lot of personnel groupings out there, and you talk about the crayons, 
But some of this personnel was, was very vital in terms of how they wanted to match up against the Kansas City Chiefs. This wasn't one of those, let me call a timeout and call something exotic. This is, let me get my guys lined up. And in the first half, if you've got to burn timeouts on the defensive end of the, use timeouts on the defensive end of the ball, I don't have a problem with that when you're playing Kansas City because you better have the right calls and the right personnel on the field or else it's going to look, it's going to look awful. Uh, my one critique, <clears throat> um, and we talked about this during the broadcast, with 2.41 to go in the game, Williams gets tackled for a one-yard loss. The Giants only had one timeout remaining. I don't know. I, I would have called it there because that would have stopped the clock at like one, at, at 2.37. Um, hey, look, they might have run it on the next play. Um, cause it was, it was first and goal at the nine minus one. So now it's second and goal at the 10. They might've run it on the next play to take it down to the two minute warning, but then that would have left third and goal at the 10 on the other side of the two minute warning, which would have saved you a little bit more time. Um, that was my take on it as it happened. Um, uh, I, you know, look, I think the clock management overall could be better. Um, but you know, drop passes like we talked about, dropped interceptions when you got a chance to make it, um, uh, all these things, Carl, man. It's and, and everybody that's watching this and listening to this right now, we feel your pain, man, because you're yeah. there's too many of them, man. And it, and it, and it, I think Joe Judge, and, and again, we spent 45 minutes with him today going through scenarios, going through situations. He, like he said to us, he said, look, we're going to have a chance to win this game if they run the ball 25 times yeah. in this game. It's going to give us a shot. Well, the Chiefs had 27 rushing attempts. Going to take one off, make it 26, because one of the rushing attempts was a Mahomes kneel down at the end of the game. So they, they, they did it right, but they, you know, you know, Dory Jackson's got to catch that one interception. Bradbury had a chance at another. Um, there, you know, they got him. Mahomes should have easily. Mahomes could have easily had four turnovers in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the the thing is, and, and then I'm going to leave this alone. But the thing is, you've got to. The moment can't be too big for you. You did too much preparation. You did too many good things in the game, in the moment, can't be, the situation can't be too big for you to rise to the occasion. And how about doing the simple things, like not jumping off sides, because you lost the game earlier this year with the same thing, right? Uh, and it was a missed field goal, right? This one was an interception, you jump off sides, right? Um, you get a 16-yard game, and I'm listening. I am all for celebration, right? I am not anti-celebration, but don't start yapping at your opponent. You want to celebrate? Celebrate. Don't yap at your opponent. And I say this again with all due respect to Penny. Just shut the fuck up. Give the official the ball, and let's finish this game. It is not about the stop. You, you've done nothing this year to celebrate. To act like you, you, 
act like you're on a mission and that this is only part of us closing the door. I don't need to celebrate this. I want to celebrate. The ultimate celebration is in the locker room. You've got to be that team. You've got, when you do so many things well and you take the Kansas City Chiefs thought, I guarantee you, they thought this would be the get right game for them. They put on the Giants tape and they see guys getting behind the Giants defense and they see all these other things happening and Giants can't pass block, they can't do this. They walked in this game thinking it was going to be their get right game and they got a, they got a stern message from this team for I don't know how many plays they ran, but it was about five of them you can point to that changed the tenor in the outcome of this game. Yeah, and I mean, uh, not to harp on Eli Penny, the play, but look, we... No, I respect him, and I think he's a good player. He's not a dumb player. It was just a no. dumb thing. Yeah, and listen, we could debate this rule, this taunting rule, whatever. Everybody knows what the rule is. And, it, yeah. you know, and, and our, our radio producer, John Schmelk, made a great point when I, we were talking today after we taped the TV show with Coach Judge. You know, they didn't throw the flag when he pointed first down or flipped the ball. It's when he turned to the Chiefs player that was right there and yeah. said something to him was when the flag comes out. And you... They know they've all been told they know this. They know yeah. this. Now, look, there was a lot of jabbering going on, but that's stuff that happens along the sideline. A player gets pushed out of bounds and the other team's bench, incomplete pass. There is some serious ass trash talking going on, yeah. but that's like not in the big picture. This was like right out in the open. He's got to be better than that. Um, Listen, there's so many ways we can go like the, Crowder penalty that wasn't. I don't want to get into officiating. The league makes a billions and billions of dollars a year. Uh, this will be another show topic on our other podcast. Come on, get the eye in the sky. Just get the eye in the because that play could have that 15 yard penalty on Crowder would have easily been turned yeah. over with an eye in the sky. It's time for the yeah. eye in the sky. Okay, they got the league's got enough money. They're making enough money. Don't give me all the reasons why it can't happen. Just make it happen. Let's just correct the stuff that's wrong. But that's that's a sidebar, and I don't want to distract our audience. So let's go to the, the last two issues, Carl, we got to talk about. Let's start with this offensive line. Um, people say, well, they got to get the ball down the field. They got to get the ball. They can't get the ball down the field. Because he's no. got, I mean, as Coach told us today when we did the television show, I mean, Evan Ingram – you can look at Evan Ingram's numbers in this game and you'll say, okay, he had a touchdown. He wasn't really a factor in this game. Ingram finished the game with four targets, three catches, 15 yards and a touchdown. But what you can't see when you're watching the game on TV, but what you can see when you're looking at the coach's tape or you're there in person, Evan Ingram played a selfless game last night because they asked him to basically be a chipper and a part of the offensive line, yeah. which he did. And if you watch our Giants TV show, the Joe Judge Report, Joe Judge explains exactly what Ingram did, which set up John Ross's 50-yard touchdown catch. Um, but this team, on an offensive line standpoint, I mean, 
look, it's been four years. It was supposed to be better. I understand that Gates is out. I understand that Shane Lemieux got hurt during camp. And Andrew all, Thomas. Yeah, Andrew Thomas being out, that was a big factor. Because you can, if you only got to worry about one side. But let's not kid ourselves and say that Sean O'Hara or Bart Oates uh, or Chris Snee or, you know, whomever you want to put, Richie Soybert, left guard. It's not like those guys got hurt. These guys are unknown quantities. This line, Carl, this line has not been fixed. It looks a lot like it's looked for the previous seven years. And that's a big problem because you can't get a read. It's hard to get a read on Daniel Jones because I know that's the big talking point. Is he really the future? And Daniel Jones always leaves you wanting more. And I got to be honest with you, I was pissed. You get an interception early in the game by Julian Love. You, you do exactly what you say. Make them run play after play. Don't give up the quick score. Now you get the ball. Like Daniel Jones can't throw that interception. You can't. In that spot, you can't throw that interception. Now, did he do a lot of other good things in the game? Yes. Can we get a feel for Daniel Jones at this point? I don't know. I mean, I believe in Daniel Jones. I think you believe in Daniel Jones. I do. I do but because they- he recovered. He recovered from that. But it was it was one of the more simpler uh, mistakes that could have been avoided because it was an inside linebacker that just dropped to the curl. And he threw it right there. So you got to see the linebacker didn't come from another side of the field. He wasn't disguised in as a blitzer. He was set in his position and he just dropped out and Daniel Jones threw it. So that one, um, you got to take back. That's a, that's a bad throw. Now, that leads me to another point, which you brought up earlier in their inability to convert on third downs, knowing the offensive line limitations. And I don't yeah. want to hear about I don't want to hear about Saquon being out because I watched the Browns with Odell Hurt, Landry coming off an injury, and th- their injuries on the offensive line without their left tackle, whatever, go to a running back in Dearness Johnson and tune up 180 yards with the backup quarterback playing. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about Barkley being out. This team should not be completely all oh, Saquon's there. We can't do this it speaks to a broader issue and the broader issue, which you brought out earlier, which is hard to get a read on Daniel Jones because of the O-line. And then you wonder about, are they that predictable? I mean, that linebacker was sitting as if he knew the play was coming. Yeah. Well, he just dropped. So there's a few things. If you want to get a read on Daniel Jones, take a look at the Washington game. Probably one of his finer moments in the year, right? So then you say, well, he's inconsistent at best. Well, then that's a function of the offensive line, too, because the offensive line was pretty good in that game. Um, But the fact that Daniel Jones can make plays, he can recover from bad plays, tells me that he's he's a quarterback for this team. Now, you can say you don't like him. Where are you going to get another one? Yeah, and I know the whole thing with the two first-round picks straight up in the draft, all of that stuff. I, I, you get what? What's coming out? I don't know. Another I don't know. Unknown quantity? Well, and all I will right? say with I, – I, I'll say this. I mean, everybody now looks back at Eli Manning's career with 
you know, Eli Rose colored glasses, but this is the same fan base that would be bitching about Eli had stinkers and Eli, I always, I always used to joke with Eli and I used to say to him, I guarantee you, you don't own any piece of clothing that's purple because Eli's worst games of his career came against the Vikings. And there was a, there was a stretch there because of where the team finished record wise, where it's like we played the Vikings every year. Yeah. And Eli never played well against the Vikings ever. And so like Daniel Jones had the shit game against the Rams. Okay. I got it. But I think if you look at the body of work between route combinations, third downs in which they can't seem to create, I mean, it feels like on third downs, half the time, it feels like the other team has 48. No, it's, on it's, the field. They're completely constipated on third downs. I don't understand the lack of creativity and then up until last night, the, the the neglect of tight ends in the red zone was mind-boggling. Like, how come everybody else can figure out how to get a tight end involved in the red zone and the Giants just can't seem to do it? And it just looks so tough. It just, it, it looks, so, you know, whatever they're doing from an offensive play calling standpoint between Garrett and, and, and Freddie Kitchens, they've got to open their mind to some things that other teams are doing in the red zone that are having success, and they've got to duplicate that just based on the personnel availability. you got two really good tight ends, right? Make those guys your, your, your focal points if you can't get receivers open. Let the receivers be the decoys and let the tight ends run the mismatch. Yeah, or if guys can't get off a jam, move them so they can get a little bit of a free run. It just just feels like two by one, two by two, and it kind of is stagnant. Occasionally, Kadarius, Tony goes in motion or whatever, but everybody knows that with him. Yeah. It it just, to to me, last night, the thing that really pissed me off about last night was three of 12 on third downs against a team that can't stop anybody on third downs. And guess what? Teams are converting third downs, and it's not like they're going against star-studded rosters every week either. Right. So, I mean, I, I look, Daniel Jones ain't perfect. And I there's uh well, what are they? Two and six. So there's nine games left to go in the season. But I think the big question is if they don't change something fundamentally in how they scheme things, uh, how route combinations block whatever it is and i never played in the nfl you did so you know a zillion more than me i'm just watching it from my eyes i don't know and considering what this offensive line looks like especially without andrew thomas in there i don't know how you can really get a read on daniel jones well look there are stretches where the giants are very creative right um especially when they've got Kadarius Tony uh, going. But then there, again, there are some times where they are in third and ones and it looks like it's the most predictable offense on earth. And you're asking a makeshift offensive line to become the Dallas Cowboys. It just doesn't happen. You've got, you've got to use the resources. Yeah. There's, no Zach, there's no Zach Martin to run behind or Tyron right. Smith. So, again, they've got things they got to work on. 
Um, I, I am not here to tell any giant fan to feel any different about how they do, because this one is, is as frustrating as can be. But I saw, me, Carl, saw some things defensively that they're building. For two weeks straight, this defense has been lights out, right? Offensively, they're inconsistent, but if they can play to their strengths and, and hide their weaknesses, they can become a hard team to beat. And the only way you can do that, and I, and I go back two years ago to the Miami Dolphins, where they were a hard out for everybody that they played. Everybody that played the Miami Dolphins knew that they were going to be a hard out because they just didn't make a lot of mistakes and they just made it hard for you to beat them. Now, if you can do that offensively and defensively avoid the freaking bonehead stuff, you're going to be hard to beat and there are going to be opportunities for you to make plays. And you get out a few playmakers that can get it done for you on both sides of the ball. But this is where they got to be. They, they let's let's throw out there, there's you know the playoff aspirations you know that they're they're a long that. ways away from that right they got to learn how not to lose to even think about being a playoff team but if they can learn how to be a difficult team to beat if they can be a hard out for everybody that plays them because they don't make a lot of mistakes i i know that from my own playing experience and i know that from watching this game, there are some teams where you look at their record and you say, boy, they're a lot better than their record shows. But they're, they, they are, but they're not, right? Right. Well, that, that, that was the Lions for the first five weeks of this season. Yes. They were yes. a hard out. They were not yeah. an easy out. Now, at some point, the, the, you know, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jims and the Joes. Right. Uh, and at some point, your talent level does – show right but here's the thing bob if you are a team that's hard to beat right and you can do that and you become that hard out and then your gems and your joes get healthy then all of a sudden you build on the little things that you've been getting right and you get a better infusion of talent and now you start to look even better as a football team but when you you are when you're decimated in a lot of areas. The one thing you can't do is make it easy for your opponent. You gotta do all the little things right, and that's where the Giants are right now. But I, like I said, I see a defense that's trending in the right direction. I see an offense at times that can be a hard out, and then they spit the bit and it becomes easy for a defense to take advantage of you because then they start to hit the twist and all of that other stuff. And then the final thing for me is, and I know people talk about Joe Judge being a special teams coordinator as now a head coach, but they either have to upgrade the talent or they got to make some changes or whatever because they're, they're committing too many penalties on special teams in these games too. Like even... Dixon doesn't hit a good punt, but then you got the guy going out of bounds being the first to touch it. You know, so you're giving you're giving Patrick Mahomes five more yards. Like you can't do that in that situation. But see, 
That is the thing where your gunners, who've been good all season, all of a sudden has a brain lock, right? You can't do that. Again, know the moment that you're in. You've got to know the moment. The moment can't be too big for you. You're in a game that you can win, that there are certain things that are going good for you. Don't be the reason why your team loses. That's as simple as I can put it. I can say, stay in the moment. Don't be, don't let the moment, you know, overwhelm you. Let me just break it down to its simplest form. Don't be the reason your team loses. Yeah, I mean, listen, we talk about Joe Judge and his special teams prowess. Uh, let's not forget, he kept the special teams coaches that were here, Thomas McGahee and Tom Quinn, for a reason. Those guys got rings. They're highly respected around the course of the league. It's not, they're not being coached poorly. McGahee is respected by anybody that you talk to around the NFL. We've known Thomas a long time. They got to just get better players and they got to get guys that play smart and understand no, situational football. They got to play smarter. Yeah. Better players. They got, they've got some adequate players. Yeah. They need to upgrade in some areas, but I'm going to tell you now, if you look at this game last night, given everything that they do not have, they were the reason they lost. It wasn't because of anything Kansas city did. It was more of what they did not do is why they lost that game. Simple as that. And we said it. We said it on the air. We said it during our broadcast. I said, okay, Giants fans, we were coming out of a commercial break. And I said, uh, all right, Giants fans, I mean, here we are. Eight minutes and 53 seconds to go in the game. Tell me a Giants fan. That wouldn't have raised their hand. Tell me a giant coach or player or yeah. owner or general manager or anybody that wouldn't have raised their hand and said, eight, eight, 53 to go in the fourth quarter, and the Giants and Chiefs are tied at 17. Everybody would have signed up for that. Right. From a Giants fan's and, perspective, not from a Chiefs perspective. Right. And so let's keep this in mind. When we talk about upgrading talent, no team has 53 all pros. The talent on your roster has to play better. They have to be coached better. They've got, again, if, you're, if, if you've made the 53-man roster and you look at this game, there's nothing that will say the Kansas City Chiefs beat you. The final score says they won the game, but you beat you. You did things that caused the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. I can't tell you um, there was a significant back-breaking play by the Kansas City Chiefs that says, boy, the Giants are overwhelmed and their lack of talent is showing. Yeah, the last drive when they had no timeouts and they had to open up the entire formation, yeah, well, then you could see them get exposed, right? But they played the game on their terms until they did it. And this is where the Giants have to be better. 
because with all the talent that they faced on the other side of the ball, they stared them down and had a chance to finish. Now, just like Miami a few years ago when they were hard out, at some point the other team's talent takes over and they're just not good enough, right? But there are a lot of these games where you're good enough to win it if you execute and you accomplish your mission. Because the game plan, in my opinion, was there. They had an excellent game plan, both sides of the football, and then their mistakes cost them the game. Kansas City, Washington, Atlanta. Three games right there that were there for the taking. And that gives all, you five wins. It's three. I mean, and those are games that the Giants lost. They got yep. they they got beat by the Broncos in the second half. They got beat by the Cowboys. They certainly got beat by the Rams. I don't care. Yep. How many Giants jerseys you own? If you're going to look at that, I mean, you look at some of those games, realistic, they got beat by those teams. Yeah. But the other three, you know, hey, look, even if you just win two of those three, you know, you're sitting there at four and four and you feel a little bit different going into the Raider game. But anyway, uh, we are back and better than ever, Carl. Uh, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today, and you're going to receive 50%. Who doesn't want 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit? Use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. They got football, basketball, World Series, uh, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. It's all right there. Again, promo code believe B L E A V 50. Anything else or do we cover it? I got it off my chest. Boom. We'll be back later in the week for a preview of the Raiders, who, by the way, are a very well, you think the Giants had a task this week against the Chiefs next week. They're playing a team that's a lot more complete than Kansas City. We'll preview it. What do we say when we end this thing? Tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. All right. Enjoy your night. It's been a lot of fun. We gave you some perspective. We spoke to the coach. We were with the coach for 45 minutes, just me, Carl, and coach. We're trying to give you the – we're trying to cut through the noise. We're trying to cut through the chatter out there. We're trying to cut through the hot takes. There are hot takes, but we're trying to give you some perspective and reality into what is going on. And uh, we're giving you an unvarnished opinion of it. So tell a friend and tell a friend. Carl, we'll do it again later in the week, my friend. You got it, my friend.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.